We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. It is the Wednesday edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast, presented by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. How you doing, everybody? I'm Alex Strofe. You can find me on Twitter at Alex underscore Strofe. Joined today by my friend Owen Reese, who you can find on Twitter at Reese Draft to break down the second round selection for the Green Bay Packers center, Josh Myers. But before we get there, Owen, uh, the draft is come and gone. H- how'd you enjoy it? What'd you think of the weekend? Uh, loved it as always, man. Uh, it's always a good time. And I guess we were just talking about this a little bit before the show is, you know, the more we, the more we cover this and, you know, we, we think we know what's going to happen and we think we have an idea, but um, every year we're kind of humbled and kind of realize well, we don't know anything that's really going on. So I enjoyed it. It's always a fun time. And, um, you know, already <clears throat> not too much, but already kind of looking forward to the next one. So, uh, and you have to, right? I mean, this is this is your Christmas one, two, and three, pretty much every year. So it, that 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 is super. Uh, that is uh, is how it rolls, I guess. But I guess before we get into Myers, a- any big surprises from the draft? Is there anything that really stuck out to you? And you were like, oh, holy crap. Um. No, not really. I thought it was actually fairly chalk early. Um, okay. you know, I I guess. A little surprised at – I mean, I, we knew there were going to be a lot of offensive linemen picked. Uh, it was a deep class, but uh, as a former offensive lineman, a, a pleasant surprise to see how many went how as early as they did. Um, big advocate of the fat dudes getting paid. So <laughs> that – and then, I don't know, I guess just 
you know, all of the misinformation that led up to the the quarterback conundrum up top, and then obviously it was ended up being Trey Lance, and then with the Aaron Rodgers stuff, which was oh so conveniently placed out about right. four or five hours before the draft, and then you don't know because there's rumors about Denver, and then they don't take Justin Fields, and then that allows the Bears to come up. The Bears probably had – that was probably the best pick of the draft, truthfully. I mean, them being able to get Justin Fields and – so they did a good job. They got who they wanted, and um, Mac Jones going eventually to the Patriots at 15 and not number three like everyone else freaked out about right. for a month and a half. So that's probably about it. I mean, just like I said, a lot of – it kind of was chalk early, but then the quarterback stuff made it interesting. So Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, but be- one last thing before we get to Myers. You mentioned you're a former offensive lineman. You're a former graduate assistant offensive line coach at UW-Whitewater. I'm a UW-Stevens Point, soon-to-be grad. Where why at, guys? Owen and our boy, Quinn Miners. Your boy, really, Quinn Miners. Uh, Third-round picked to Denver. Have you talked to him? How's he feeling about this? Yeah, he's stoked. Um, right away, uh, when he got picked, I picked, I texted him. Um, but then obviously like immediately realized like, Oh, like he's got a ton of media obligations and stuff <laughs> now and all that. So I got a text three or four hours later from him. Um, you know, he was just ecstatic, ready to go. Uh, you know, I know I kind of knew he's like, I don't really care where I want to go. Or he's like, I don't care where I go. He's like, I just want to know where I'm going. That was more his thing. He's like, I just want to yeah. be able to start preparing. So just to go there and, you know, we just, you know, brought up Denver with the quarterback stuff, but, uh, you know, talk about a, a team or in a roster that's really loaded about everywhere other than quarterback. You know, he gets to go and block for Melvin Gordon. They drafted Javante Williams in the second round. Jerry Judy, Deshaun Hamilton, KJ Hamler, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Noah Font, Albert O. I mean, they got a lot of offensive firepower in Denver if they can get a quarterback figured out. Um, and now they just, you know, add a, a big piece of that interior offensive line to help make it all go so he's excited I'm, I'm i'm thrilled for him can't wait to buy a denver jersey and um you know he's, he's excited to get going love it we love when the in-state guys get drafted especially when they're coming from a d3 university like like whitewater so super exciting stuff for quinn miners unfortunately not a packer but still a third round pick which is which is awesome to see for him but anyway let's dive into this packers conundrum all week this week we're breaking down here on the pack a day podcast each round of the nfl draft the direction the packers went and how we evaluate it so uh we get round two and we get the center number 71 of ohio state that will be uh, likely replacing a former center number 71 out of ohio state Corey lindsley the pick in the second round for the Packers at pick 62 was the center Josh Myers. So I guess let's start here, Reese. What sticks out for you uh, with Josh Myers? I think the big thing, so he didn't play center. He's, um, you know, was recruited as a guard, a highly recruited guard at Ohio State, um, and was essentially moved to center there in an attempt to get him on the field. Like, we, we really like Josh Myers, but got to find a way to get him on the field. Um, and and – Center is not an easy position to learn. <clears throat> you know, a lot of people are like, well, how hard is it to snap the ball? Like, well, like, truthfully, not very hard. But it is pretty hard to snap the ball fast, accurately, block the 300-pound person in front of you, be able to identify defensive fronts, call out protections, you know, like, so there's a lot of stuff going on there. So uh, for him to, to jump into center and really play at the level he did at Ohio State was really impressive to me. He's also, uh, he's not a freak athlete by any means, but he's a very good athlete uh, for a guy his size. And 
Uh, that's what kind of jumped out. You know, before the season, Wyatt Davis, um, you know, the grandson of, of Packer Hall of Famer Willie Davis, uh, you know, it was kind of – he was the guy. He was the premier offensive lineman from Ohio State. And then, obviously, Myers ends up jumping him and being the first guy drafted. So, to me, that's kind of, you know, stuck out. Um, got hurt at the end of the regular season. He was actually – his injury was actually the reason that Quinn got to go to the Senior Bowl um, was Josh Myers' spot opened up. Oh, wow. So, um, should be good to go, I would imagine, for camp. But, uh, like, to me, just a guy that really, really smooth, really solid, um, you know, and, and kind of became the leader of that Ohio State offensive line despite – not having the fanfare earlier in the year uh, that a guy like Wyatt Davis had. Yeah, a, a six foot five, three hundred ten pounds. So certainly, uh, you know, a, a big boy, no doubt about it. And that injury at the end of the season you reference, uh, he got a turf toe injury in the semifinal, one of the final plays uh, of the Big Ten championship. Excuse me, led it in to the college football playoff. Made the injury worse in the semifinal against Clemson, but still played in the title game against Alabama. So for reference, right, Devontae Adams had turf toe back in 2019. He missed over a month. And uh, a guy like Josh Myers just tossed it out because he wanted to go win a national title. So that shows you, uh, you know, his toughness. And that was a word that, that a lot of scouts and guys within the Packers organization used to describe Myers was just his absolute toughness. Um, so certainly certainly going to be fun to watch him grind it out in the trenches a little bit. Now, we've kind of gro- grown a little bit used to this LaFleur offense, right, Reese, right in the last two years with LaFleur uh, at the helm of the Green Bay Packers. How do you view Josh Myers' fit within the LaFleur offense? Uh, well, first I want to say, too, like, the offensive, an offensive lineman having turf toe and Devontae Adams having turf toe are, are two different things. Well, for sure. Right. Answer. But I do appreciate you shouting out uh, O-lineman playing through injury. Shout out Josh Myers. Yeah, um, for sure. And I do think he'll be able to fit in pretty well. So they, they ran quite a bit of wide zone at Ohio State, uh, especially later in the year. Uh, Trey Sermon had a bunch of big runs off of that. So I think that with that being the primary run concept the Packers run, I don't think there should be a ton of uh, ton of adjustment that way. Um you know, I think he will fit in pretty early. I think he can be a day one starter. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think that him, if he can step in, right, like we, we don't know. You know, we think he can. We hope he does. Um, you know, but if he steps, if he's able to step in and be the day one starter, that allows the Packers' path for Elton Jenkins to be a bit more defined, right? He can come in. He can either stay at left guard. He can move to right tackle, whatever the Packers look for Elton Jenkins to do. Um, you know, but his ability to – to come in and play right away will be big. Pass protection, um, you know, should be a lot of the same stuff. I mean, for the for the most part, um, there aren't a ton of super intricate pass protection schemes. Um, you know, Green Bay's in particular are, are generally fairly simple. A lot of half man, half slide, six man protections. Um, nothing too exotic. You know, um, unless you're you're seeing a team that plays a lot of of odd intricate stuff. So. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Can't imagine that would be a, a huge adjustment. should be fairly simple. And like I said, I mean, obviously every rookie has an adjustment uh, in the NBA. I don't want to lessen that. But, um, you know, as long as he stays healthy and as long as everything goes to plan, I would imagine he'll probably be the day one starter at center for the Packers. Yeah, so let's let's discuss that a little bit further, right? You mentioned Elton Jenkins, who will likely be slid all over the place uh, when it comes to training camp time. We know how much the Packers love versatility. Elton Jenkins certainly, uh, you know, the definition of that when it comes to offensive linemen in the room. But Lucas Patrick as well there. Josh Myers obviously drafted as as a center. So there will be some competition. I, I guess what does it take, you think, from the second round pick to really claim his stake as the day one starter? Obviously, it's, it won't just be handed to him, but he's certainly in the competition right away as we speak, you know, less than a week out from him being drafted. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. No doubt. And I think to an extent, right, because... I think a lot of people always kind of figure this, like, in Madden, right? this is kind of something I always equated to, right? Like, in Madden, Josh Myers, I don't know, he's a 76, right? Like, and so the in Madden, he's just immediately that guy. And <laughs> so there is no human element, right? There is no learning. There is no anything to it. It's just, well, that's immediately what you are. Um Older listeners of the podcast may remember the game NFL Head Coach, which I always thought was kind of cool because a player had, like, a range that they could be in, right? Like, <clears throat> Josh Myers might be, like, a 76 or whatever, but, like, Josh Myers could be anything from a 68 to a 93. Mm-hmm. And depending on how he was playing, uh, team chemistry, a lot of other things, right? Like, there's a lot of variance there, um, and, and that's how it's going to be, right? Like, his requisite – physical ability is what got him drafted in the second round, right? Like, and as far as, like, for Madden's sake, right, or for that rating, his physical ability is that, right? His attributes, his his traits, that's what gets him there. Um, you know, but as far as, you know, coming in, if he's able to get a good grasp on the playbook early, right, because, like, the biggest thing 
Um, you know, and, and coaching is at, at any level, if you can't do the things that I'm asking you to execute, it doesn't matter how talented you are. I can't play you. Right. So the playbook will be the first thing, um, you know, in, in a real world in and in a simple world, right. It would be getting on the same page as Aaron Rodgers. Who knows what in the world's going on with that? <laughs> um, you know, but as far as, as being able to see the same thing as the quarterback, whoever it is, um, being able to accomplish the same thing, right? We're trying to see these things out of these specific defensive fronts to get into these calls. As long as he can see that the same way the quarterback does and be able to direct the other offensive linemen, that's going to be the big thing is just being able to kind of settle in and, and be, you know, acclimated with the pro playbook uh, and, and being able to figure out what they're trying to accomplish within these specific schemes, that's going to be the quickest way is onto the field. Um, because, like I said, he was drafted in the second round. He is more physically talented than a guy like Lucas Patrick or a guy like John Runyon Jr. Um, you know, but as far as they've been in the offense for a year or more, right? So they're 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 a leg up with him that way. Um, you know, if if he can catch up to them mentally, then the physical part should take care of itself. Yeah, that's well said, right? I mean, obviously those guys been in the building, been in the system, so it just takes time to get acclimated, but you don't spend a, a round two pick on a guy if you don't see him playing a significant role within, you know, at least a year, if not if not sooner, and I, I think that is the expectation here with Josh Myers. I, I think the expectation is he is, if not the day one starter, he will eventually become the starter here in year one. And, you know, like I said, you really don't use a pick on a, on a center, especially, or an offensive lineman really in round two if you don't see them playing a significant role uh, within the near future. So it will be uh, interesting to see how he develops and how he learns and how, you know, how he gets acclimated and transitions uh, as we lead up to rookie camp and eventually training camp. Um, but certainly I'm with you. I think right like I said, I mean, it ultimately boils down. This is a round two pick. You lose your starting center, all pro center, not to mention, from a year ago. You ironically pick his same jersey number and same university for his likely replacement. So uh, a lot of fun, a lot of fun angles there. But Josh Myers, the selection. Now, Creed Humphrey out of Oklahoma, a guy we talked about a few weeks, uh, a few Wednesdays back on the pod, Owen. Uh, was there, and he went the very next pick, pick number 63 overall, to Kansas City. So I want to pose this the right way. I don't want to say, was this the correct pick, because it is too early to tell. But with Creed Humphrey sitting there, are, are you kicking yourself a little bit, or are you okay with the direction they went? I think you're probably fine. Uh, you know, I, I I was more familiar with Creed Humphrey, admittedly. Uh, I had watched more of him, uh, more of his college tape than I had Myers. But at the end of the day, like the the thing that I kind of, I talked to um, a guy actually that works for uh, the Draft Network, Brentley Wiseman, was a former NFL scout uh, with the Chargers, and he you know it was talking about value on the timeline, and I was like, well, this is such a weird time of the year because like the draft has become such a covered thing, which is awesome, right? It's become this entity that people care about so much that they they follow it year round, which is really cool. It's helping grow the the event grow the sport, grow fandom, all that good stuff, right? But the problem is a lot of these people, um, or it's not a problem, but a result of it, is that a lot of people get their info from the same place. So, for example, you know, a lot of people, you know, and I've talked about, like, maximizing these draft simulators, um, you know, but, like, well, Creed Humphrey was rated this, and Josh Myers was rated this, and it was a reach or it was whatever because he was there. And the fact of the matter is, that may be true or it may not, but the draft network is not like all 32 teams weren't using the draft network simulator to like 
put together their draft board, <laughs> right? So, like, every team has their own board for their own scheme, for their own um, proclivities, you know, what they look for in a player. Um, you know, maybe there's there's medicals, right? Like, who knows? There's all these things that we're privy to so little compared to what the NFL teams are. Uh, and, and, and every, you know, maybe the Packers didn't see Creed Humphrey as a fit in the zone scheme. And, and so that immediately right there, well, then he's going to get knocked for that. So I think it was fine, you know, as far as, like, trying to compare stuff, as long as it's not some drastic, like, well, this guy was a consensus first-round prospect, and, you know, this team took this guy who was thought to be a, a late-round or an undrafted free agent thing. You know, like, um, unless you get too far, like, of a, a disparity like that, I'm generally, like, I'll trust the team to make their pick. We'll see, Right. We'll see if Creed Humphrey plays really well and if Josh Myers doesn't or vice versa. But, um, you know, I, I trust that the, the Packers personnel in front office knows what they're looking for in a prospect more than the more than the average fan does. So if they thought that Josh Myers was the, the better fit and the better pick, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt uh, for the moment. You know, if in two years right. Josh Myers hasn't been able to find his way on the field and Creed Humphrey's an all-pro in Kansas City, then that decision looks quite a bit different. Um, you know, but for the time being, if they felt as though that Josh Myers was the guy, um, you know, they're they're better informed than we are. So And and that right there is why I'm not gonna ask you what your draft grade is for this pick, because we can never truly evaluate it uh until we're down the line a little bit. I, I wanna ask you, I think the, the obvious answer is the number David Bakhtiari wears. Uh Josh Myers will wear number seventy one for the Packers. What's the best number for an offensive lineman to wear? So, like, if you're a tackle, like, I'm a big fan of, you know, like, low 70, like, 71, 72. Okay. Um, those have been uh, traditionally strong. Um, interior stuff, I've always been a big fan of double numbers, right? 55, 66, 77. Those are always super tough. Um, 75 has always been pretty good. I wore 66 uh, throughout my career, so... Um, the guy like David DeCastro, who is 52, also 52, sneaky good interior offensive line, sneaky 52, good. 53, 4, 5, 6 even. Like, those are all real solid, 51 even. Um, you know, but, like, like David DeCastro was 52 at Stanford, and he went to 66 at, at with the Steelers. Uh-huh. And I was like, there is not a whole lot better than that to me. Like, David DeCastro is, like, one of my favorite guys I've ever scouted or ever, like, paid attention to um, once I started doing this. So those are always pretty solid. So I'm not super picky. Like there are some like like 64 is definitely not like a great aesthetic. Uh, that was my number my freshman year at Carroll. Uh, was not great. Um, like 61 can be tough sometimes. Like you probably have to play center to to be a good 61. Um, and then like there's like 57 like can be cool, but is also sort of sketchy. Um, so like there's just there's certain numbers. You know like. Most of the 70s are probably pretty fine. 60s, like 61 can be kind of tough, um, you know, but 62, like, but other than that, like, you can, you're, there's quite a You're just going to break down every number. (laughs) And ultimately, like, if you're good, like, if you're the best player in the world, like, you can wear 64, and, like, 64 then will be pretty cool. So, like, so to me, like, the double numbers, for the interior offensive linemen, like, double numbers are always strong. And like I said, like, those lower, those lower 70s numbers for tackles are, are generally the way to go. Wow, that might be the best question. Uh, maybe not the best question I've ever asked you, but potentially the best answer you've ever given me. You, least, you ate that up. That was fantastic. Yeah, at, least the most, at least the most comprehensive. 
Yeah, yeah, it's got to be right up there. I mean, come on now. You didn't get lost in a total tangent there. Uh, okay, we've got a few minutes left, Reese, and we haven't covered this a ton on the Pack-A-Day Network, so I want to dive into it just, just real briefly. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has been, you know, obviously dominating the headlines the last week. Things keep coming out most recently in the last couple of days. Jake Kumaro being cut was the final straw, I guess guess uh for Aaron Rodgers allegedly this situation's wacky what's your real quick take on it all I think that my best impression is that we haven't heard the truth yet um like my initial thought like there's something missing right like he comes out and he's like yeah well it's the contract I'm like well you're one year into a four-year extension so it's probably not the contract like, if it's really Jordan Love, like, then sure. But also, like, then say something before you go an entire year, win the MVP, um, go 13-3, and three, and probably look like you're having more fun than you have in the last 10 years, right? So that that seems sort of fishy to me. And then it comes out, it's like, well, actually, you know, like, he wants Gutekunst fired. I'm like, okay, like, sure. And then it's like, okay, well, actually, yeah, they're it's because they cut Jake Kumaro three years ago. And I'm like, I just don't, like – all this stuff is coming so for, out of, like, everything's out of left field. Um, I just, either we're missing something or we haven't heard the whole deal yet. Um, you know, so that that's my thing. I do think he will still end up playing in Green Bay. I mean, obviously, he hasn't come out and said anything publicly. So, and, you know, so it could be very well be true that all of these things are true and that he really does want to get out. Um, but until he comes out and says anything of that ilk, I'm just kind of skeptical on it. Um, you know, shout out Jake Kumro though. Shout out Whitewater. But, like, <laughs> if you're really that bent out of shape because they caught, like, the sixth wide receiver that you liked. Right. Um, like, that's just that, – that doesn't seem quite right. If you're using that as, like, a microcosm for I don't think they value my opinion in personnel matters, then maybe you might have something. But, like, just holding on to Jake Kumro from, like, fall of 2018 – just does not seem like the like the does that doesn't seem as concrete or legitimate as it should for like yeah. something to come out at this point. Like, yeah, they cut my my guy who was the sixth receiver a couple of years ago. That really got under my skin. I was like, all right, um, okay, like just wacky. If, yeah, very yeah, unconventional. Yeah, I just I I just don't get it. It's still really confusing to me, and it's been almost a week since this is all. Uh, since since the S has really hit the fan, right? Like, uh, it, it's it's very all, it, it's clearly still evolving. And, and I'm with you in regards to, you know, we really don't know what the case is until we hear from Rodgers. Gutekunst is, is just kind of doing damage control, it seems, right? Like, we're not going to trade Aaron Rodgers. We want him to be our quarterback. We're not going to trade Aaron Rodgers. And just sweeping everything under the rug, which I, I get it. You don't want to talk about it. it. It's all coming out at horrible timing, like you said earlier in the episode, right? It was very convenient that it came out uh, on, on day one of the draft. But it, it's still very fluid. I don't expect any movement or any trading of Aaron Rodgers to be done either. I also expect him to be back in the fall strictly because his hands are tied uh, it, to, to some degree, right? And I just don't expect him to retire. A.J. Hawk said on the Pat McAfee show earlier this week, and he was with him at the Kentucky Derby, he is, he, he, there's 0% chance that Aaron Rodgers retires. And I've always felt that way. Ever since that rumor's come out that he'll retire, you know, if they don't trade him, I think that's garbage. Um, he just won the MVP. I mean, come on, he's he's not going to retire. I understand the unhappiness, and like you said, there is totally some validity to being upset. 
upset uh, if you, you don't think that your bosses respect your opinion. I get that, right? The common man can, can respect that. We've all been in jobs or in positions where if we don't feel like we're valued by our bosses, we're probably not the most happy worker at that establishment. That happens to be the case with the reigning MVP right now. But again, like I said, I think this is still very fluid. Things are constantly constantly evolving. We've had a new headline come out of this story every day for the last six. I mean, it's it's very, very strange. But but as of now, you know, six days into this thing, I still feel like he'll be a Packer in, in 21. Agreed. And if there's one thing that Aaron Rodgers is to every person in Wisconsin, it's relatable. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, But you're right, though. I do think there is something fishy here because, like, obviously he was at the Kentucky Derby with David Bakhtiari and A.J. Hawk and Randall Cobb, right? Like, there's a lot of familiar, close people there. And Devontae Adams is, like, tweeting this cryptic, weird stuff. But it's not, um, you know, like, I'm sure to an extent – like him and Bakhtiari, Bakhtiari's like, dude, like this is your life, this is your business. Um, I'm not going to ask you about it. But like, I don't think there's much of a of a case for Bakhtiari being like, yeah, like I'm really okay if he leaves. You know, like right. They're obviously close, and they're both like the best in the league or top two to three in the league at their position. Um, you know, so like I'm sure if there was some legitimate like that big of a rift. Um, between Rodgers and the organization, I just can't imagine that, um, you know, like there there wouldn't be some tension there. So for them to be, like, cool with each other at, at the Kentucky Derby kind of says something to me. Um, however, I will say this. The draft Nick in me is very intrigued by the prospect of if Aaron Rodgers is legitimately that hell-bent on not wanting to be in Green Bay, um the Packers got nothing for Brett Favre. Um, if they were unable to get anything for Rodgers, would be absolutely huge. Um, and, and, you know, there is no precedent for trading away the reigning MVP. No, there's not. So who's to say that a Packers uh, – so say the Denver Broncos call, right, and they're like, hey, like, we're, we're feeling pretty good. Um, you know, we just kind of need a quarterback. And the Packers are like, well, actually, we have a quarterback, uh, lightly used, if you want him. We just want <laughs> Pat Sertan and your next two first-round picks and next two second-round picks and Jerry Judy and yeah. another player. Bring uh, Melvin Gordon home while you're at it. Well, I, I mean, like, if if that's somewhat, like, tongue-in-cheek, but also, like, I don't think that asking for two or three starters and three or four picks – is that out of the world for, like, Aaron Rodgers, right? The, the the difference that Aaron Rodgers would be for that team over Drew Locke or whoever they decide, or Teddy Bridgewater, would be worth mortgaging your team's future for the next sure. two to three years. Uh, even if they were to give up a guy like Jerry Judy, they still have, as I mentioned earlier, right, like, they still have Cortland Sutton, K.J. Hamler, and Tim Patrick, and Deshaun Hamilton, and Noah Fant. Like, there's no lack of talent in that passing game. Um. So there would be some intrigue there to me for as far as like, well, if we're going to build around Jordan Love and we have the the resources to add to our own, right? Like, well, it's Jordan Love, we're going to find out pretty quick if he's it or not. If you surround him with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and Devonta Adams and Jerry Judy and Robert Tanyan and whatever, right? Like whatever else, like there's, there's no shortage of, 
of dudes there. Um, so that, like, in, in some alternate reality, that is extremely intriguing to me. I don't think it'll happen. But the, uh, the, the person that wants to, like, rebuild teams is, like, this is kind of interesting. Um, yeah. There's, like I said, this would be, like, an unprecedented uh, ransom to ask for somebody, you know. But, like, at the same time, that market hasn't been set yet. So it would be, would be a, a pretty interesting um, proposition if all of this ends up coming to fruition. Yeah, no doubt. Never, never been done before. So certainly uh, would be interesting to see how it could unroll. I mean, but you're making the dark clouds a little bit less dark. You were very optimistic there in the case they do trade Aaron Rodgers. I think that's something we can all appreciate given the last week. So nicely done, Owen Reese. Appreciate you, my friend. Hey, and you know what? Then they can use those extra first-round picks on wide receivers, and then either, <laughs> one, Aaron Rodgers is going to be irate, or two, uh, we can just finally stop getting those graphics on Monday night games about um, not having first-round receivers. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, it's either an FU to Rodgers or it's an FU to ESPN's lower thirds. It's it's up to them. But uh, regardless, that's Owen Reese at Reese Draft. Uh, great stuff this draft season, Owen. Really appreciate all your insight, all your factoids, and uh, you've you've been really really fun to listen to. Break down everything as we've been uh, rolling through this draft season. Absolutely, man. It's been nice getting to know you. Uh, we've had different hosts than we've had the last couple of years, but that's cool. Um, like I said, well, it been better fun. be. Sheesh. Hey, well, what are you going to do about it now if it wasn't? Um, <laughs> but no, absolutely. It's, it's been fun. Um, you know, obviously the, the Packers have now, you know, the, the mystery's over. We know who, you know, we know that Eric Stokes and Josh Myers and Amari Rogers and Royce Newman and Tadaryl Slayton and Shamar Jean Charles and Cole Van Lannon and I'm going to blank on the last two because I'm rattling them all off, right? We, we know who the we know who the Green Bay Packers are, right? Like we know who the new guys are, we know who the draft picks are, the additions. Um, the the guessing game is over, so now we can kind of get on with that and and kind of have fun speculating about these guys and and start speculating about who the 2022 draft picks are going to be. So uh, it's a fun time. This has been a fun. It's always a fun exercise. You know, Andy uh, Herman's done a great job with the Pack-A-Day Network and um, always fun to, to be a part of it and, and do this stuff. So um, thank you for hosting, and, and uh, screw you to my boy Russell Brown for, for missing the last show. Um, yeah. Typical Lions fan. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been fun, and, and hopefully we can do it again next year. No doubt about it. And, yeah, we, we told Russ to take the day off. We didn't need to hear about his Lions draft uh, this week. Uh, you missed Isaiah McDuffie and Kylan Hill, those last two picks there for the Packers. Go. But uh, nicely done to rattle those off off the top of your head. Well, that's yeah. Owen Reese. I'm Alex Strofe. Thanks so much for kicking it with us on this Pack-A-Day Wednesday. He mentioned Amari Rogers, the receiver that the Packers drafted. That's on tomorrow's edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.